there, I'm Caitlin Daly, and you're listening to Listen Up, where we show you how to get more out of the music you love. On this episode, we're talking about the concept of harmony. Do you remember watching The Sound of Music and hearing Julie Andrews' version of How to Build a Scale? A deer, a female deer, ray, a drop of golden sun. In Julie's version of the scale, there is a set order of pitches that occurs. They're using a French system called solfège, which uses syllables. Do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, and back to do. Those syllables actually came from all the way back in the 1300s, when a guy named Guido D'Arezzo took the beginning of a few different syllables from the lyrics of a hymn in Latin and began using them to help his students read new music more quickly. Those first syllables were ut, re, mi, fa, sol, and la. A few centuries later, ut was changed to do because it was easier to hold out long syllables that end in a vowel, like do. The syllable t was added after that, too. Another way to think of this idea is to assign a number to each note in the scale. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And back to one. Some of these numbers are more important than others. The most important note is number one, as this is the home note of the entire scale. Note number one lets your brain and ears feel like you've arrived home, that you've returned to the note and scale that the piece is centered around. Sometimes in classical music, they name pieces after the first note in the scale, like concerto in A-flat major, or prelude in C-sharp minor. Those titles are telling you what scale the composer is using and what note will feel like home. The two most important numbers after number one are five and seven. Due to the physics of sound and some mathematical principles, these are the two notes that sound like they lead the ear directly back to number one. Note number five can go down to number one at the bottom of the scale like this. Five, one. Or up to number one at the top of the scale like this. Five, one. This is a way that a lot of composers end pieces. Listen to the ending of this Mozart piece to hear how he goes from number five to number one multiple times to really drive home the point that he's ending the piece. Moving from number seven to number one happens a lot at the end of melodies. Number seven has a magnetic relationship to number one. It needs to go to number one. It has to go to number one. It can't live without number one. Seven, one. Now, if we stack number five and number seven on top of each other and play them at the same time, it makes our brain want the number one to come next even more than if we just played them by themselves. Take a listen. When you stack notes on top of one another, we call this a chord. There are lots of different types of chords. A very basic type of chord is called a triad and is made by stacking three different notes of the scale. For example, stacking one, three, and five on top of one another should be a familiar triad to your ears. It sounded happy, didn't it? We call this kind of chord a major triad. Another basic type of triad is called minor and makes a very different sound. Take a listen. Seven. In that example, we stacked three, five, and seven on top of each other. Unlike a major triad, minor triads will often sound sad to most listeners. 
So far, we've talked about different types of triads, which are specifically chords made up of three notes. But there are other types of chords too. For example, jazz music takes those triads made up of three different notes and adds in even more notes. It makes the chord feel completely different from a triad. Take a listen to the difference between these types of chords. Here's what a triad sounds like. And here's what it sounds like when you add in note number seven from the same scale. Because you're adding in note number seven above the bottom note of the chord, we call this a seventh chord. You can also hear them in pop music that sounds jazzy. For example, take a listen to these Maroon 5 chords. far, all of the chords we've listened to use all odd numbers in the scale. But another thing composers and songwriters do is use a mix of odd and even notes in the scale to create tension. For example, we determined that a major triad using numbers 1, 3, and 5 sounds like home, right? Fine. But sometimes, to create a buildup to coming home to this chord, composers will play through even-numbered notes 4 and 2 before finally landing on number three. Have you ever heard this happen in church before? Four, two, this kind of movement is called a suspension, and they can make us feel all the feels. The longest, most drawn-out suspension that I've ever heard happens at the end of this movement in a Mahler symphony. It feels like 20 seconds before our brains and bodies feel like we finally arrived home. So chords, triads, and suspensions, these are examples of what we call vertical harmony because we stack notes on top of each other in a vertical stack from low to high. Now, I want to think horizontally about how one chord progresses to the next. We've already explored this a little bit when we talked about moving from notes number five to number one in that Mozart example. Pachelbel's Canon is one of the most well-known progressions that was ever written. Even though this example doesn't have stacked chords in it, the progression is strong enough to almost make our minds fill in the chords. That chord progression also forms the basis for a lot of pop songs. Check out this Blues Traveler song that is built on this exact progression. You're going to want to listen to the bass line, or the lowest line of music that you can hear. There are other really popular chord progressions that are heard in pop music. For example, listen to the progression in these songs. Remember, you're listening for the bass line, or the lowest line that you can hear. They're all the same progression. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be.
says Alanis Morissette and Green Day aren't similar. Okay, now here's the stuff that you can use to really impress people. If a chord or chord progression uses only notes number one through seven from a scale, this is called diatonic. Diatonic music is naturally pleasing to human beings. For example, this really famous lullaby is diatonic. On the other hand, music can also pull in notes that are not numbers 1 through 7. These are notes like number 2.5 or number 5.5. They are a half step away from the main notes in a scale. We call music that uses these in-between notes chromatic. Now just because our brain finds diatonic music pleasing doesn't automatically mean that we will find chromatic music displeasing. Depending on which notes the composers or songwriters pick to put in, it can sound good, or interesting, or just different. Listen to this piano piece by classical composer Claude Debussy. The piece is chromatic, but it doesn't sound crazy or bad, just interesting. Sometimes chromaticism is called dissonance. The interesting thing is that what we consider dissonant has changed so much over the centuries. If we hopped in our handy-dandy time machine and took a trip back, way back, to 1000 AD, we would have seen audience members shuddering at that piece of music. It would have sounded so dissonant and displeasing to their ears that they would probably rather suffer from the plague than hear that again. The only pleasing simultaneous sounds to our relatives then would have been the distance between scale notes number one and number five. Take a listen to this chant. Sounds kind of hollow, right? Our relatives didn't fill in or really use any other notes until around midway through the 1200s. They were so tough with keeping dissonance out of music that they even came up with names for different notes that were played together. One specific jump from note number one to note number 4.5 was called the devil's interval and was thought to embody the devil himself. Now, how do you picture this sounding? Do you think it would sound dark or ominous? Well, here's how we use it today. That's right. The first two notes sung are notes number one and number 4.5, the devil's interval. We hear it every day now. The reason why our brains have a harder time dealing with dissonance has long been debated. There are lots of studies out there that explain the phenomenon. The most common one explains that when certain dissonances are played, their wavelengths and vibrations produce a sort of beating sound in our brains, which is uncomfortable. In other words, the waves from one note beat at a rate that does not agree with the rate at which the other note beats. The result is us wincing and going, Ugh. But a cool attribute of dissonance is that it can tell a deeper story. For example, listen to this Nine Inch Nail song. There's one note in the guitar line that just doesn't fit. It's always made me think of the guitar pinching itself. This really reflects what the lyrics are about, namely that the singer, Trent Reznor, must do something to cause himself pain in order to know that he's still feeling something. I hurt myself today. 
I hope this episode has made you think a little bit more about the notes that you're hearing and how they're all interacting. Join us next time as we take a trip to Italy and learn all of those words that are used to describe music speed and volume. When the moon hits your eye like a bigger pizza pie, that's... Listen Up is produced by Nelson Vandenberg and Katie Russo and presented by the New Haven Symphony Orchestra in partnership with the University of New Haven and WNHU 88.7 FM. For more, visit newhavensymphony.org.